0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian certified counselor and award winning psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, Birth Order Traits, Tendencies, and the Pitfalls, Part 2. Last week, we did Part 1, where we looked at primarily the firstborn. In today's show, we will be looking at the middle child, or also called the secondborn. But we got a few questions online, and one of the questions that we got as a result of doing Last week's show is what if there are more than three Children. What if there are four children? Well, if there are four children, then you will have more than one middle child. You will have two middle children and you will have a firstborn and a youngest child. So you can have several middle child. Also, if there are more than five years separating you and your siblings, each person, because of the gap between, between siblings, could be looked at as a firstborn born. So those are some of the things to be kept in mind. And this idea that your birth order determines your personality and your your general traits and how you will interact with life was first proposed by Alfred Adler in 1964, and since then many people have seen the validity, and many studies have been done that shows the validity of this of this uh, concept of looking at the, at birth order to determine or to to see what traits a person might have. So today we will be looking at the middle child and we'll be looking at the traits of the middle child. We'll be looking at some of the tendencies and also some of the pitfalls, but we also want to look at some of the solutions for, for parents, some of the strategies that parents can use if they are dealing with a middle child. But also we want to say as usual that we will be looking at biblical examples. And thanks for those of you who have called in to say that you have never looked at the story of Mary and Martha in that way. Well, today we'll be drawing on that story again to shed some more light on the middle child. So, you might be listening today and you are a middle child or you are a parent of a middle child. Stay tuned because this is going to be very interesting and informative and will give you ideas as to how you can help to prevent some of those pitfalls and how you can maximize the potential of that middle child or how as a middle child in adult life you can avoid some of those pitfalls that you might be you might be prone to fall into so the the second born child let's look at some of the traits of the second born child second born children are usually social butterfly there are people who like to interact with others, and it makes sense because they're in the middle. They have an older sibling and a, and a younger sibling, and they tend to be able to socialize because of their their order in the family. And so we see this in the example of Mary and Martha. So in the story of Mary and Martha, Martha went out to meet Jesus. Martha is the older of the two sisters. So theologians believe that there were three siblings in that family, with Martha being the oldest, Mary being the middle child, and her brother Lazarus, who died the youngest of the three. And there are good reasons to to believe that. So first of all, it was referred to the house where Jesus went was referred to as Martha's house. So for a woman in that day and age to be the owner of a house, she's probably a married woman. And there is no mention that is made of a husband in the story with Martha. When Jesus went to the house, it was Mary and Martha that was referred to. So it's quite possible that her husband was deceased. And so Martha is the oldest. So going back to this idea of the middle child being the social butterfly, Mary is the middle child in that scenario. So when their brother Lazarus died, we are told that Martha went out to meet Jesus. And we talked last week about oldest children tend to be leaders or go-getters who go after what they want. And so we see Martha in the story going out to meet Jesus. Jesus is delayed and she's taking this situation in her own hands and she is going out to meet Jesus even before he comes to the house. But we see Mary, the middle child, staying at home where the crowd is gathered. So Mary is there, we are told, in John 11 verse 22 to to 31, and when, when Martha went back to get Mary, to call Mary to come to meet Jesus where he was, we are told that when Mary set out to go to where Jesus is, that All the people in the house followed her. The party followed Mary to where the gathering, I should say, followed Mary to where Jesus was. And many people would say, well, they're going to meet Jesus. But if you read the scripture carefully, you would see that they did not know that she was going to meet Jesus. The Bible tells us that they supposed that she was going to the tomb to mourn. So Mary had such a good connection with the people who were gathered in the home that when she left all the mourners went with her they didn't go with Martha the oldest but they went with Mary the the second born or the middle child when they when she left to go to to meet Martyr. So, so, second born tend to be social butterflies. They also tend to be agreeable. And this makes sense because as a middle child, you're caught in a situation where you have a brother that is older than you. And that older brother, pro- probably has an, a, a place in the family where you have to look up to him. So he's special in that he's, he's older than you. So he holds this position of the oldest in the family. And then you have the youngest who is also special because they are the youngest. And the middle child being in that position has to find a way to, to cope in the middle of that in the middle of that family in that family system. So middle children tend to become very agreeable. They become great negotiators because they have to learn to adopt, not being special in the family in that sense. They're neither the older nor the young are the, are the youngest. So they now have to learn to negotiate and adapt in, and, and to be, and to adapt, they have to learn to be agreeable among their siblings to survive. So when it comes to being negotiator, we can see some examples of that in scriptures as well. We see that Jacob, the second born, uh, we, we said middle children can also be second born. The, the, the qualities can also go to people who are second born as well. So we see the second born in Isaac's and Rebekah's family be in Jacob and Jacob is this great negotiator. He negotiated with the eldest Esau to get his birthright from him but we also see an example of Jacob negotiating with God in Genesis 28 verse 20 to 22 where we read then Jacob made a vow saying if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking And will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And the stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I give you a tenth. So here we have Jacob negotiating with God himself and saying, basically, God, if you keep me safe and provide for me, I'm going to worship you and I'm going to give you a tenth of everything that I own. But we see other examples of second born or middle children, middle child, being. And negotiated in scripture as well. The, the prodigal son, we are told that there were two sons in that household, and the second born is playing that role again of the negotiator. The second born came to the father and said, Father, give me my inheritance now. I want to live life and I can't wait for you to die before I get what is rightfully mine. So give me my share of the inheritance now. Well, that's negotiation. He is saying, I want to have what's due to me now. And he's negotiating with the father. And we are told in the parable of the prodigal son that the father did give to the second born in that situation his share of the inheritance. And we know the story very well of what happened after that, that he went out and he wasted his share of the inheritance. But second born or middle children also tend to be of the other siblings, the one who who is most mobile, the one who will have the tendency to move farthest from home. And we see this again in the story of the prodigal son, where we are told in Luke 15 that the second born son, that he went to a far away country. And we see the same thing happening today, generally speaking, in a lot of middle children uh, scenario, where middle children tend to be the one that will move farthest away. And there are psychological reasons for that. There's a feeling that the middle child tend to feel the least connected to the family. And I talked before how the firstborn tend to be special because they are the 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 eldest child in the family so there was so much excitement around the birth of the the firstborn we see this in the story of Cain and Abel that when Cain was born there was a rejoicing where Eve said god has given me a man there is a great celebration but when Abel was born, there was nothing really said. So the firstborn tend to have this place, this special place in the family. And the youngest also can be spoiled and nurtured in such a way because they're the baby in the family. So there's, there's a great connection that is made for in those two situations where the child in the middle can feel like the child that is left out, the child that didn't get a lot of things that were special. Middle children are known for getting hand-me-downs as well. And so this middle child can sometimes feel a lack of family ties. And I'm going to talk uh, later on about how you can prevent that if you're a parent. So stay tuned. And so middle children tend to feel less connected to the family, tend to be the child that will move furthest away from home. And we see that in the scriptures that I have pointed out so so far. And so there are some other tendencies as well. Like, middle children tend to be creative. We see Jacob's creativity, our, our second-born, uh, middle children and second-born tend to be creative. We see Jacob as a second-born creativity in how he dealt with his uncle Laban, where we are told that he found a way to to, to gene- genetically modify the herds of Laban so that he would have a bigger share of the profit. And so that takes a lot of creativity and insight and research to be able to come up with that. So middle children can be fantastic when it comes to that kind of research. So we also know that middle children tend to be competitive because they're competing for the attention of their parents. They are not the firstborn and they are not the the youngest. So they have to compete in a way to be special in the in the household, so they develop this this competitiveness, and so the competitiveness will reflect in other areas of life as well. They may excel in sport. They may be highly motivated to succeed, and so they may excel in sports or in other ways. And the, the middle child often is very different than the firstborn. So if the firstborn was academic, the middle child might take. The, the, the role of being the athlete. And so this is a way of saying, I'm trying to create a niche for myself. I'm going to try to be different. And so they, in, in order to be different, they sometimes become very competitive in what they're aspiring towards. Middle children as well can become the, 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 the clown of the family or you know the one that is most funny out of all the siblings because this is a way too of competing for attention. So we find that a lot of middle children tend to be the class clown, the one that is most jovial and trying to get everyone to laugh or, or to be the center of attention. So this might be a way of making up for that lack that they feel in their household. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Live Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, Birth, Order, Traits, Tendencies, and Pitfalls, Part 2. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. Some of the, the traits of the middle child, but let me talk now about uh, some of the dangers of the middle child. Well, One danger is that middle children may tend to see everything as a competition. Because of that competitive nature, they may get to a place where they go through life competing, even when there is no competition. So they might feel the need to compete with others in the workplace and maybe even do things to undermine others to get ahead when there is really no need to come, to compete because there, there is enough to go around. You know, uh, if you work and merit a promotion, you will get that promotion, but there can be this feeling that I will, I will succeed at the expense of others. I have to finish first and others have to finish behind me. So there is this sense of competition that can sometimes go too far. Middle children, one of the dangers to in a marital relationship they can go into a marriage with that sense of competition, feeling that they are competing with their spouses. You see, middle children often feel, I'm not as strong. The middle child, I should say, often feel as if I'm not as strong as my older brother. He is he's he's older, he's stronger, he's faster. And they develop this need to compete, this need to win because they never really could outdo their older brother. And so this need to compete later on in life can get out of control where they're competing even with their spouses. And, and, and so, And so in that situation where you should be thankful for the success that your, that your partner is attaining, if you are a middle child, you might feel this feeling that here, here we go again. I am being second. I am being left behind. Someone is getting ahead of me. And so it develops this unhealthy need to compete middle children may also suffer with low self esteem they are not they may not feel as special as the oldest or as special as the youngest and so they may struggle with self esteem later in life not having this sense of being special so self esteem can sometimes result in them becoming attention seekers. And and so that's one of the other pitfalls. Uh, One of the other dangers of of the, the middle child or pitfall of the middle child is that they can become attention seekers. So you may know what I'm talking about. You may have a middle child and you're saying, I get calls from the teachers all the time telling me that my middle child is always trying to be the center of attention. They can become attention seekers. They may also try to fit in at any cost. Remember we said that middle children tend to be very adaptable. So this can go too far as well. So they may get into situations at school where they're able to trade their morals and the values that they have been nurtured with just to fit into a crowd, just to be part of a crowd, just to be seen as being Popular and they may fit in at any cost, and this may lead to the middle child acting out to get attention. So they, they, they act out and they may be doing things that outside of the family values, totally opposite to how they were raised as a means of trying to get attention from their peers. And this can it can take place later in life as well. We're even out of school. We can see middle children who have to be the life of the party, have to be the one that is seen go out of their way to be noticed and to get attention. So now let's talk about some of the strategies for parents how to deal with a middle child if you are, are raising a middle child or if you are a middle child yourself you might be saying that i want to do better for my children so that my middle child doesn't grow up having the same ten negative tendencies that i find in myself and and as i said before there are some positive qualities because when we talk about negotiation and qualities like that later on and been competitive these are notness not negative qualities but they can at times get out of hand. So, it is said that middle children have the least amount of photos in the family album. You see, there's a lot of excitement around the birth of the first child and there's also a lot of excitement around the youngest child and there tend to be a lot of pictures that are taken. But the middle child can sometimes find that when they are looking back at the family album there are very few pictures of them among the family pictures. So, one of the the, the, the strategies for parents is to make sure that you do not leave your middle child out. You may be tempted to spend a lot of time with the youngest, to help the youngest with their homework, to teach them things. But you should also remember that you have a middle child. And the firstborn has gotten a lot of your attention. But the tendency is for the middle child to be sacrificed. So as a parent, make sure that you spend time with the middle child. Spend time with the middle child alone so that they don't feel, uh, left out and develop this sense of resentment because they feel as if enough time hasn't been spent with them. And make sure that you take adequate amount of pictures, the same amount of pictures that you're taking with your with your other children. So if you're taking a picture of your youngest, make sure that you're taking pictures of the middle child as well. So that when they look back at that family album, they will be able to To see themselves there as well. It's also important to to build your middle child self-esteem. So, celebrate their differences. So, the middle child might not be the same as the oldest child. And, and when the oldest child is born, parents tend to pour a lot of attention in that child and to try to to get that child to excel in every way because there is just this excitement and attachment to the oldest child. So, middle children can sometimes feel, as I said before, left out and their their achievements may not be celebrated because they are always being outdone by their older brought their older sibling. So it's important that as parent you find things that your middle child is good at and you celebrate those things. See the middle child might not be the academic in the family, might not be the brilliant May, may not be brilliant academically, but if they are good at sport, celebrate that. If they are good at art, celebrate that. And remember that every child is different. So you, so you should find what is different and special about your middle child and make sure that you celebrate their differences. And another point to parent is that maintain, uh, emotional connection with your middle child. The middle child may not speak up in the family about feeling left out, about feeling that life is unfair because the older child get to do things that they don't get to do because they're simply because they're older. So, talk to the middle child about their feelings. Talk to them about even the fact that they may not be as big or as strong as the older child. And 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 so this difference in size because of age can be talked about in such a way that the child understands that they are going through a phase of growth, and they too will go through puberty. They too will become big and strong, and it's not necessarily anything inherently wrong with them, because children at that age do not necessarily think the way we do as adults to say, I'm growing and I'm going to be big and strong, like my bigger brother one day they might just feel that i am not as strong there is something wrong with me and and so it's important to talk about those feelings what they're feeling what they're experiencing when they're upset or they're feeling Angry. Talk with them about what it is that is making them angry and get to those emotions. And I think it's also important to minimize the hand me downs because the the middle child can feel uh, as if they don't get anything that's really special because all the clothes that they get and the shoes they get are from what their older sibling uh, pass down. So while, um, while some amount of hand-me-down is good, it's good to limit that and make sure that you do buy things that are special. So there you have some of the tips that I wanted to give for parents of of the middle child. And so these ideas, I think, can revolutionize your family. If you are dealing with children right now, it doesn't matter the age, you can start putting these things into practice. If you are a middle child, you can start you know, realizing that you have some of these tendencies that that I have identified as pitfalls. And you can start saying, why is it that I am striving to be the center of attention? Why is it that I am so competitive is in an unhealthy way. You can, you can begin to know where it's coming from. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So this can be a motivation for you to start make positive changes in your life. So I've quickly come to the end of today's show. There's a lot more I could say here, but if you have any question, feel free to reach out to us at Elim Counseling Services. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M Counseling with two L's Ministry. Com. You can also listen to this video uh in its or or listen to this podcast in its entirety on my YouTube channel, Elim's YouTube channel by just typing Elim Counseling Services on YouTube. We want to also remind you if you're a first-time listener that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. So be sure to tune in next week when we will be looking at the third in the series, The Youngest Child. And we'll be giving some biblical examples as well, as well as some tips to parents as to what they can do uh, to make sure that they grow their their youngest child in a way that psychologically, and spiritually healthy and we'll also be given uh tips to help you as a youngest child not fall into any of those pitfalls so i want to thank you for listening to this episode of the life transformation show and pray that god would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart